0: Assist podcast. This is a podcast where we celebrate those who create for a living and we aim to show others how they can do the same. I'm your host Dexter Washington and I appreciate you for listening. I encourage you to subscribe, to share with a friend, and leave some feedback as well. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hey, what's good guys? So before I start the show, I would actually like to recap a little bit just on our, our talking points that I felt like really stood out um also i had a really crazy like sore throat and headache i don't know what it was i've been sleeping with the windows open though and the fan on high like all the way high like the max setting pointed directly at me from a couple feet away so i probably had a lot to do with it um and i just had a headache i just that morning was not it so my energy levels were kind of low i let them drive the interview and i'm so glad i did because their knowledge experience and value just poured out of them and I'd like to say thank you once again for those gentlemen uh, coming on the show and sharing those uh, those uh, valuable pieces with us. Um, and who you're asking? So I spoke with Michael Janda and Tom Ross. Now let me give you guys a little bit of a bio uh, about them before we get going. All right, so Michael Janda is an award-winning creative director, designer, and agency veteran. In 2002, he founded the creative agency Riser, which provided design and development services for clients that included Disney, Google, Warner Bros, Fox, NBC, ABC, National Geographic, and many other high-profile brands, meaning this guys work with damn near everybody on this plan. Michael sold his agency in 2015, and now he spends his time speaking, developing books, courses, and social media content to help creatives level up. He is the author of Burn Your Portfolio and The Psychology of Graphic Design Pricing, right? So let's see. Let's tap into Tom Ross. Um, So Tom Ross is the CEO of Design Cuts. And Design Cuts is a platform providing the very best design resources at prices affordable for everyone, right? So if you're a designer and you're looking to level up your skill set, your knowledge, and so much more, go ahead and check it out. I see they have a large marketplace. Um, you know they have tutorials podcasts freebies um, yeah I just see tons of good stuff on this site so check it out at designcuts.com once again it is designcuts.com right so now that we got that out the way let's tap into some of the talking points um starting off with the first one being the uh, the pan- the pandemic driven, uh, recession that we're in now. So Michael brought up a good point that this is pretty unique compared to the last one that we experienced. Although I wasn't working at the time, I can definitely see how it's different. Um, for one being that it's health driven. That's pretty unique, right? Because everything has been relying on how the pandemic has been affecting our daily lives, right? Like how people have been experienced, uh, how, how people have been um, interacting with the different companies and brands. Um, and stuff that we used to use on a daily basis that some that a lot of them we really don't even think about anymore like those things are obsolete those things are bankrupt those things are no more right like and that's really interesting you know like it only took a few months to take some giants out like that's crazy to me but it leaves us in a pretty interesting position because health is like our currency right now right People won't even bother going into an establishment unless you got your whole shit together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all got the mask. Y'all got the glass. Y'all got the, the, the you know what I'm talking about, like like the glass that the, the divided, uh you know, you and, and the customer. Y'all got your hand sanitizer. Y'all got your gloves. Because if y'all don't, I'm not even bothering walking in and, and buying from you. And that's huge. That leaves a huge impact on business owners to not only all of a sudden make the switch and create digital experiences but also create a safe in-person experience in such a small amount of time you know and and that's extra money that's being taken out of who knows what budget and being sourced into uh, all of a sudden health and safety which is something they have for a lot of us we've never even considered never even thought about so it's it's a pretty unique space that we're in but um you know, our ability to pivot and serve the needs and wants of the time are going to be super key. Um, and that's also something that we talked about is adaptability. So your ability to reposition and, and, and constantly adapt in this environment is everything. Um, and uh, Because like I said in the in the show, and like I've been talking to a few marketers um, over the past week, uh, you know, we, we've all pretty much agreed on the same thing. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, I mean, that really, that... That model That idea of planning Really doesn't exist at this very moment You know Um, As of July I haven't seen it really come into fruition Because we're always adapting Like next week uh, The government can come out and say something new Or there'll be a new study Or there'll be a new thing It's just It's too uh, aggressively Like up and down right now For us to really make any long term planning Uh, So you know it's just interesting. I mean, of course, unless you have like, you know, th- there is some business models that I think can still work under that system. But for the most part, people are kind of going from, you know, one, one day to the next, just playing it by ear. So your ability to adapt and create for the times is going to be everything. And also something that Tom brought up, too, and this is a really good point. Um, he said when scaling his business right now, Um, his number one thing was to look at his business model and uh, the old one and the new one and really figure out you know what's going to be the best for me right now because you know there's so many things there's so much pressure right now right like you know your competition uh, your market is changing uh, you know your budget might be changing all these different changes so right now is a good time to remove yourself from your business look over the top of it right from a bird's eye view and figure out What's really going to take you to the next level? And maybe right now is the time for growth. The growth that you've been wanting to do and catch up on in, inside of your business. Maybe now is the time to take that step back and make those changes um, with your team or with yourself, right? So those are the few talking points. I hope you all enjoy the show, man. No, Actually, I know you are because um, it's super valuable, man. And uh, let's get on with the show. Thank you. And take care. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Well, welcome, fellas. It's great to have you on. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. So today I am speaking with Michael Janda and Tom Ross. Um, How are you fellas doing this morning?
1: Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having us on, Dexter. Doing
0: super great as well. Thank you. Awesome! Awesome! Well that's, well, that's great to hear. Combined, they have achieved over 50 million in revenue. They have worked with clients like Disney, Google, and ABC. They have also built highly engaged combined communities of over 750,000 creatives. So it's really, really uh, an honor to have you guys on to chat about some different aspects. What I want to talk about is um, the the most interesting thing that's been uh, brought to my attention over the last couple of weeks is how creative businesses are. Adapting to an upcoming recession. Um, pretty sure you guys had some some conversations around that as well, um, and also trying to figure out what people are going to need and want uh, compared to uh, you know solely doing what you love at this point. I think some people are feeling like it's not possible right now, but um, yeah, aside from that, I just think I want to touch on things like uh, like building community stuff like that, because organic reach and growth um, is starting to decline now. So, yeah. Um, Shall we kick light.
1: off with the, uh, the recession? Yes. Yeah. was the that. first thing you mentioned.
0: Let's, let's do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. So, um, Mike, I believe like we're technically in a recession already, so it's not that the recession's imminent. It's already here, and mm-hmm. there's people forecasting you know, a great recession or depression and, and that kind of thing on the horizon, right?
0: Right,
2: yeah, and a recession, and I'm checking to see what the define the definition I think is that if the gross domestic product declines for a quarter straight, then they call it a recession. So we by if it declines by 10% or something like that, there's some number in it. And there's something interesting right now because I've been through two downturns, two economic downturns. One is when I started my agency in the dot-com explosion of 2001, 2002, and we saw a lot of businesses go out of business, you know? There was like E-Toys, all the dot-coms that weren't making money, just poof, went out of business. E-Toys was one of the big ones that, you know, was trying to, online toy seller, and they weren't profitable, and they disappeared overnight. And there were a bunch of agencies and several in LA w- area where you were where, where you are right now, Dexter, mm-hmm. when I was living out there during this time, uh, several businesses that were agencies that supported these dot-com companies that was their core customer base, they imploded as well. Poof, their, their revenue was gone because of the reaction. Yeah. So it was this trickle that happened. That was economic recession that I lived through, number one, and what came out of it for me is I started my agency. I started freelancing during that time because internal teams went away during the tech bubble burst, and people started outsourcing instead of hiring internal teams, and that was advantageous to me as a freelancer. Things grew. 2008... The global economic recession based on the housing market collapse in 2008 and stretched through 2009 before things started to start coming back a little bit in 2010 and then 11 and 12. By 2012, we're in a booming economy again, bull market and everybody's living high on the hog. Uh, That one was a little different because instead of outsourcing during that one, the clients battened down the hatches and kept their internal teams and they stopped outsourcing. And so my agency got hit really hard. We did half our billings from 2008 to 2009. We, our billings got cut in half. Mm -hmm. So the point that I'm going to make on this is that I've been through two of these, two of these economic downturns. And one was massively advantageous to freelancers and, and small, small agency entrepreneurs. And the other one was challenging and disadvantageous. And I am a cup half full kind of a guy. I believe that there is massive opportunity for creative freelancers and creative entrepreneurs in any economic downturn to gobble up market share. Mm. Uh, And, I think that I, you know, I see this as a, a potentially positive thing for businesses, and not something that people should be fearful of. But if you're strategic and smart right now, you can capitalize on this in amazing ways over the next two years, three years, five years of your business, and who knows what that can lead to.
0: Right, right. Oh, that's that's a very really good insight. Would you to add to that too? Would you say that? Um, people can capitalize no matter which direction they go? Or do you think that there's um, certain needs that the market has right now that needs to be served and everything else is like luxurious and like, eh, I don't know if it's really worth my my money right now.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you go, Tom, do you want to chime in on that one?
0: Since yeah, I sure. Ramble.
1: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I do think there's opportunity, as Mike said, I, I tend to come at these things optimistically as well. Mm-hmm. And particularly with what we're seeing right now with a recession on the back of COVID, it's very sector and industry specific who's suffering and hemorrhaging and who's actually flourishing. And so I think this is where entrepreneurs and creatives need to embrace adaptability and pivot very quickly. And I've witnessed this firsthand, you know, I have a friend that was just launching a business targeting the hospitality sector, which has of course been decimated. So he's pivoted very quickly to now target online educators which is an area that's booming. And all it takes is a quick Google search to actually reveal the industries that are doing super well right now. So it's like webinar software companies, Zoom obviously is exploding as well, apps, home gym equipment, DIY type industries as well. There's a whole bunch of them and some of them might actually surprise you. Um, And so I would be strategic in trying to target those types of industries during a time like this and I would very quickly pivot away from the ones that just don't stand a chance right now. Like if you're targeting airlines right now, mm-hmm. then no amount of good work and marketing is going to probably pull you out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty of being an entrepreneur, of being a creative is that you can take your existing skill set and you can apply it somewhere else very quickly. There's people who have carved out an entire career in an industry and they have no options because that's all they've known we can be more flexible as creative entrepreneurs, I think.
2: I have a couple other thoughts on this recession mm-hmm. stuff, just to, as a perspective thing. This one's a bit different because the, the recession that we ha- are faced with right now is inflicted upon us by an external source that is not economically generated. And what I mean, if you go back to the last two that I've lived through in my professional life, 2001, 2002, it was that people woke up one day and realized, what am I doing? I'm investing all this money into dot-com companies that are all upside down, bloated, m- bloated value. They're not making any money and people were just investing stupid money into dot-com craze and then that can turn on a dime, and it's economically motivated. And then 2008, the same thing. It's a housing market crash. People are upside down in their mortgages. Banks were lending money that they shouldn't have been lending to people who couldn't pay it, and all of a sudden, we hit a threshold where it collapsed, where the banks, I mean, we don't have to go into the details of that, but the point is it was economically motivated. This one is not economically motivated. This one is a global health pandemic that inflicted itself upon the economy. And as soon as, in the greatest economy in the history of the world to be, I mean, we the, the stock market was higher than ever. Jobs numbers, at least in the US, were lower than ever. I and mean, that probably meant jobs numbers in most countries were lower than, jobs or jobs uh, unemployment numbers were lower than ever economy the global economy was healthy and good and churning and then we get a health-based pandemic that shuts down companies and and starts to collapse things now when the pandemic goes away how long does it take to get back to the globally surging economy it's a different animal this time than it was before. And there's no, there's no question. Airlines are going to take some time to recover. Cruises are going to take some time to recover. Um, You know, this hospitality sector, like Tom said, but I believe that we can pull out of this one a lot faster than we have the other two that I've lived through. And if you look at the stock market numbers, we're almost to, NASDAQ is at record highs right now. Uh, that's the, the tech sector of the stock market. And the the Dow and S&P 500 are also butting up to those record highs again. So we had this big pullback in the stock market, but the fact that those are high means that the investment dollars and the optimistic perspective that of the future of the economy is good in most people's eyes. When you went back to 2008, man, the stock market lost. It was bleak. Yeah, it lost half its value. hmm. Nobody knew when would it ever come back. I mean, how long is this gonna ride out? And the fact that we had the pullback, Dow went from like 27,000 to 17,000, and now we're back at 26,000 now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it bounced back in a matter of three months instead of three years like it took in the 2008 recession. Now, do we have another pullback? I don't know. There's there. How long does it take for a vaccine to get widely circulated so that this all goes away and the people are comfortable hiring again? Is there a mutation that happens that makes the vaccine that they're making now not work? Man, who freaking knows what, what the season <laughs> holds? But I think based on the numbers that we look at, there is optimism in the future economy. When you go back to 2008, there was not much optimism anywhere. I mean, it was very pessimistic time, scary time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you have anything you want to add to that, Tom?
1: Yeah, like I remember those days. I actually graduated university uh, kind of immediately after that 2008, 2009 recession, I graduated in 2010, the start Mm. of that, and it was still very much, you could feel it then. (laughs) And so I was the scared kid going out into the real world, being like, "Hmm, this seems pretty tough. And it was, um, but it was around that time I started my blog. I did a lot of kind of self-initiated projects and tried to grind it out. Um, But I do think as Mike alluded to in every recession, there are tremendous companies that get started up. There's, you know, huge success stories and plucky entrepreneurs battling their way through it. And I find that really inspiring.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
2: The challenge, you know, when we, when we're faced with challenges, it in to those of us that are creative, it is a massive opportunity to be creative, solve the problems of the day and create businesses, apps, strategies tools systems services that can solve the needs of the people that that businesses have right now and it paves the way for great companies to emerge out of these things and it came out of necessity this idea that necessity is the mother of all invention or of all creation or whatever it's the mm-hmm. that's the quote and that's what happens right now if you're scared at home about your freelance business, then change stuff right now, (laughs) define what you're scared about and start adapting and changing and ideating new creative ways to solve the needs of your clients who are also scared. And then it it can open up the door for years of
0: success for the future of your business. Right. Right. And, and to add to that too, a lot of, uh, you know, creative minded people, we, we live in the chaos, right? So, um, you know, I know, uh, people always would talk to me about, man, like, you know, having a schedule, I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like how everything is just like, you know, about patterns and well, you know, right now businesses aren't even thinking about, you know, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, everything is yeah. like a day-to-day basis and we got to yeah. adapt. So this is your environment, right? Like you, you can't be too intimidated by it. So, um, yeah yeah, I think, I, I think, yeah, like you said, there's tremendous opportunity and, um, you know, we're in an interesting climate, but yeah, I think as long as you serve the needs of the people, we're going to, we're going to be all right. Yeah. There's
2: a thing in, in uh, business called flight to quality, mm-hmm. flight to quality. And what that means is that when people get scared and they flee, they're fleeing to quality solutions. And I think one of the things that that freelancers and creatives can be thinking now is how do you position yourself as the quality solution? How do you, and and Mm -hmm. retool your marketing, retool your positioning statement, retool your case studies to present yourself as the quality solution? Because the the people who are top quality are the ones who are going (laughs) to survive any kind of economic pullback or scary economic times right yeah that's
0: a good point I didn't, yeah I didn't even think of that. I like that I like that too did you make that one up flight oh, to quality nope. no flight, <laughs> flight to quality I wish I had I wish I had made that up it was a coined that <laughs> some, some very good points though gentlemen on the on the on the recession there moving forward though I do want to bring up organic traffic as well for, for business owners who like are trying to now like hop onto social media when they thought that they didn't really need it at the time, you know, like now mm-hmm. they're realizing and then they're walking into like a, a house fire and they're realizing, Oh wow. Like what's going on? Like none of this stuff is cheap. Like you guys were telling me, you know? Uh, so what are some of the ways that you've, that you've too have found, um, you know, is, is true in, in these times to build, um, using social media? Uh,
1: personally, one way that we've adapted and, um, we're kind of thriving in this time is we noticed there was a huge demand for live streams hmm. and I only have to open my Instagram now and the whole top story highlights are just, you know, people yeah. constantly doing right. collaborative live streams. And so we uh, more or less pivoted a bit and, and bolted on a new events business onto my main business So we're now doing monthly events. We have incredible speakers on. We do all these free live sessions and workshops. That's something we weren't really doing at scale before the pandemic, but that kind of um, condensed our timeline, our roadmap for that. It's something we were thinking about, and then the Mm -hmm. pandemic hit, and we're like, we we got to move quick and push this out. So we did start using social media, webinars, things of that nature, and just seeing really, really fantastic results on the back of that because our audience is stuck at home, hungry for distraction and content and human connection. So yeah, it was really, exactly. really good to fulfill that need. And the feedback's been incredible. People are like, oh man, you're keeping me sane right now. <laughs> you know, I love these sessions.
0: Right, right, yeah. That human connection,
2: yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, hu- human connection is the is the key and there, there's a great opportunity right now for creatives to start making their personal brand become something. So much focus right now is on social media. It's right. where people get their social outlet. I, I don't have a team. <clears throat> I sold my agency. I don't have a team of people working for me. My entire social thing is either my family or I'm on podcasts and things like this. Right. This, is my, this is my social time and <laughs> my day. And it's all virtual. And there's, a, there's a, such a great focus. I don't go to lunch with, with my friends anymore and, and stuff. It's been months because we're in this pandemic quarantine time. So you're not going out to meet your friends for lunch or at the bar or whatever you do in your life to have your social interaction. So right. you get it through social media. Right. And I think there's such an opportunity for people to start getting out of their fear box and start sharing themselves video, selfie videos, live stream videos, collaborating with their friends, having their, the open room stuff that Facebook has started where you can just open up your, your digital room and have people come in and visit you I think there's such a great opportunity right now for people to start building their personal brand through social media. Because again, going back to this idea of a recession, how long are we going to be locked down in quarantine? It could go away in three months and all of a sudden you missed the greatest opportunity to start building an audience and some authority in social media because three months from now, everybody's back at the beach and they're back at lunches and they're back in office and they're back in face-to-face meetings and the social media flight that we have right now is gone. There's yeah, a, yeah. just a huge opportunity. And again, you know, I'm a, I'm a cup half full kind of person. I'm looking from the optimistic lens. I love the opportunities that we have right now that we're being forced into because there can be some great things that come out of it.
0: Yeah. I agree. And I definitely do think there's some great opportunity here. Um, and I was uh, looking at one of your posts, Tom, um, you said podcasts, um, you say, uh, you know, unlike a busy social feed um, that's, that is, you know, a dependent on an algorithm uh, podcast demand, the majority of listeners to, to, to focus in. Right. And um, you know, podcasting, uh, this is something I want to ask both of you guys. Um, the podcasting has been such a growing industry over the, over, over the years, but um As of late, you know, I've been seeing, like, a lot of people starting to, you know, really, like, start to enjoy listening to them, you know, even more, even people who are like, I'd rather, you know, hop on YouTube, I'm more of a visual learner or whatever, you know, people are really starting to gravitate towards these even more, so, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that was a good point that you brought up, that, yeah, like, you know, podcasting is the attention. If you can get you a a dedicated and loyal podcast listener, that's even better than a, than than a YouTube subscriber because there's no visual aspect. It's all, you know, you have to actually sit and listen, you know, and that that, it's just such a unique uh, industry, this podcasting thing. I think it's really, go ahead, Tom, go ahead.
1: Well, Mike, I'm sure you'd agree. We get a lot of our deepest feedback from our fans on -hmm. the back of our podcast. Mm -hmm. Like you can see the emotional resonance compared to something like an Instagram post where you just get a kind of cursory comment. People really geek out over the podcast because they have that human connection. Um, You know, you're expounding on a topic for 30 to 60 minutes instead of just getting lost in a busy social feed. So I really believe in the power of them. And I love that people can enjoy them whilst they're doing other things. We're a time poor world at the minute. Everyone's busy, busy, busy. And so the fact you can be in the gym and learn and and listen and get entertainment simultaneously.
2: is huge. Yeah, it is. I think it's super interesting to me because podcasts of all of these tools that people are using right now, podcasts were one of the starts. I mean, it's called (laughs) a podcast because of the iPod and how (laughs) was the last time you talked about a freaking iPod, man? I mean, (laughs) it was from 18, 19 years ago And it went the way of the dodo when the smartphones came out. Uh, You know, Apple killed their own device by bundling it into iPhones. And we don't even call it an iPod anymore. But I'm just trying to highlight the fact (laughs) that podcasts are one of the oldest of the digital social age that we're in. And I feel like right now it's the strongest platform almost of all of these things because of the reasons we've talked about. We're in a mobile world where people can have it in their ears when they go for a jog or they go to the gym or they're sitting at their computer or whatever. It's just a stream into our ear holes. I think it's super interesting that it's so popular right now. So, what a great opportunity for people to Go and try to capitalize on this growing podcast market right now. Yeah. When they're forced to be in, in a home, not going to the office, how much content are they already making in their video calls that could just be converted to a podcast episode right now? I think that there's just so much opportunity in that. And I think it's interesting that you know this is a growing thing because I wouldn't have guessed that uh, I would have mm-hmm. guessed that the emergence of YouTube and video content would have taken over the podcast right. market more. Well, well, videos, than
1: yeah, video has been picking up, like the stats around that, and especially yeah. live video. They're predicting the majority of video is going to be live Yeah, um, mm-hmm. in the future. But, yeah, I, um, I love that this archaic thing – The, you know, the quaint little podcast is booming so much and I agree with Mike, you know, it's definitely down to mobile tech and the prevalence of that. Um, and I, I think as well, you know, more podcasts are being made than ever because they're so accessible now. Anyone can make a podcast. It used to be that you needed all the equipment Mm -hmm, and it was like a pretty arduous thing to do. And now, you know, it's super quick. You can launch one in a week flat.
2: Yeah, right. hundred bucks, hundred bucks on a blue Yeti, and you're good to go. Man, <laughs> I feel cool now, man. Yeah, man. Hey, that's, I got mine right
0: in front of me. too. I know, right? That's what I'm rocking <laughs> with right now. Blue snowball, only costs <laughs> me fifty bucks. Yeah, there you like, go. That's right.
2: <laughs> Boom, so, yeah. podcast. Yeah, bro,
0: there you go. And this true too, I didn't even think about that. That podcasting has been around for a while. Like, yeah, I remember when um, before even really people were even thinking about listening to one. Um, yeah, I would I would scroll through and look at all of them you know, all the different shows they had on there. And a lot of them were like, they were inactive or, you know, whatever. And so it's just super interesting to see like the, the turnaround. But uh, there's one there's one more question I have for you too before I let you gentlemen go on with your day. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about, <laughs> I know, right? I want to talk about um, scaling your creative business. Um, you know, like I know that you mentioned earlier, Michael, um, how, you know, the, the decision between, you know, outsourcing, and, you know, to keep a team in-house in order to save costs during these times and such, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so what are some, like, what are some, I guess, some some tips or some suggestions you would give around people who are, who are trying to grow, but they're in this, like, interesting position where, you know, they, they can't really have an in-house team because of distancing or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, or, or you know, just whatever else you have around that topic. Uh, well, so I got a handful of stuff
2: about this. Actually, I got a lot of stuff about this, okay. but I'll give you a handful of things here. The first one on hiring, I waited too long to hire. I got to where it was 80-hour weeks. Uh, I was working six days a week, eight, 80 hours in a week, and just in. I was all the time, never turned off, no vacations. We'd go on a trip. I'd work out of the hotel. <laughs> it, it was the early years. I should I have that. hired. I, yeah, I should have hired a lot sooner than I did and uh, because it's not as scary as I originally thought it would be. Right. But, but I had the wrong mindset. My mindset was, and I was making plenty of money. My mindset still kept me scared because I thought, oh, I don't want to increase my annual overhead by the amount of this employee. So if I have an employee who is $60,000 a year and I'm billing $200,000 a year, all of a sudden my income goes to $140,000. Of revenue for me I thought dang that's not uh, th- that's a significant hit to my revenue right. so I shifted my mindset and started operating based on three month increments and not worrying about annual increments and this is a great perspective for people who are in a recession time right now you're thinking oh what's gonna happen in the future Well, nobody knows. Dexter, you mentioned it. The business, your clients don't even know what's gonna happen. Everybody's kind of shortening the timeline day to day, week by week. So if you can afford an employee for three months, then pull the trigger on it. Now a $60,000 a year employee is gonna cost you $15,000 in the next three months. So look at your bank account, look at your project load, If you have enough cash flow between your bank account and the projects you have to get done in the next three months to sacrifice or risk the $15,000 investment on a potential employee, then do it and see what happens 90 days from now. Because you might have to let that person go because things didn't pick up or they didn't stay going or you might have to hire five more people. You have no idea what's gonna happen in the next three months. So don't look at it on an annual perspective, tighten the timeline and do it on a three month perspective.
0: Anything to end to that, Tom?
1: Yeah. I think when you consider how to scale a business, um, often it sounds so simple and obvious, but it's like do more of what's working and do less of what isn't. Mm. But I think people often continue to do the same thing and expect change, which is insane. You know, that makes no sense. That's where you get plateaued is you just keep plodding along doing the same set of actions, expecting some miraculous growth to transpire. And mm-hmm. so I'm constantly auditing what I'm doing. And I, I know Mike operates in a very similar way. We've done whole episodes on our show about this. It's how to prioritize tasks. You order everything you're doing. You figure out what's the high impact stuff that's driving the business forward. You figure out the low impact stuff. Can you either delegate, as Mike just said, the low impact stuff, or can you stop doing it altogether? It's that Pareto's principle, 80-20 rule, all that good stuff. And there's a big difference between knowing that in theory and reading about it and nodding along and people going, yeah, that's good advice, and then the reality of living that where you know you're stressed to death you're working all the hours you're managing a team unexpected fires are cropping up in your business the economy's changing your competitors are gunning for you when you're actually (laughs) running a business it can be really hard to breathe and take that moment to look strategically at your business and identify the areas for growth and the high impact tasks it's really hard to do that often you know six months goes by and it's like damn we haven't really you know, had that 30,000 foot view in a while, guys. We've just been, you know, fighting fires, but it's so essential. And so that's something I'm getting better at year on year on year is, is carving out the time for that. And that is where the growth for me has come from. It's come from that step back, that bigger picture view and making informed decisions rather than just being down in the trenches every single day fighting uh-huh, over.
0: <laughs> right 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 yeah it's good it's good that you've uh yeah always audit what you're doing um i think that's something that like people have like the most trouble with like you said it's very challenging to take that um either the emotional aspect or that you know my head has just been under the water i've been swimming i've been working right like um so yeah I, that, that's that's some pretty can good I, stuff
1: can but, i give you an example of that actually to sure. make this Go. a bit more real for the listeners so Go for it. we we took off as a business from year one we had a core business model and the nature of our industry and our marketplace started to kind of change somewhat. And so we recognized it was getting tougher and tougher to survive on that business model. We called a meeting with all of our six directors. We're in a meeting room for like two to three hours. And at the start we were freaking out a bit. What do we do? This is getting tougher by the day. This is really scary. And from those two to three hours, we conceived of a new business model we started building that out alongside the struggling business model. And that is now our dominant business model. That's like growing like crazy and driving the whole business forward. That came out of two hours of just having a chat about the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. We could have been head down, working our face off every day in a model that wasn't going to have longevity, but we took the step back and we thought strategically, and that is your job as a business owner. You have to think
0: strategically. Uh, so yeah, like, yeah, you, you've gotten the most growth out of that. So that, that's, that's, that's incredible. It's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. there's some, some pretty good, uh, pretty good perspectives from now. Like how you said, you know, it's about time. You say it's about taking a step back. I think both of those, both of those things need to be utilized. Um, you know, this isn't, you, you can't lag on things. I mean, that's always been the overarching mantra, but now you, you really, you really can not play with that. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed those perspectives, guys. And once again, I, I, I appreciate you guys for coming on. It's, it's been a great talk there. Um, so where can the listeners find you? Um, maybe, uh, you know, subscribe to your content. I see. Are you guys, you guys also have a podcast or is that you, Michael? Just you? No, yeah. You I guys? have podcast BizBuds
2: podcast. Okay. Uh, on all social channels, the BizBuds podcast. Uh, we do, we drop a new lesson each week and our, and our main goal is to make it an actionable podcast. We take a topic, we give you some strategic principles of that topic, and then we give you actionable takeaways that you can use to implement these ideas into your business to
0: improve your business right now. Awesome. Yeah. I,
1: I, I keep saying we want every episode to be like a free course. That's how we look at it.
0: <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love a free course. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: uh, cool. Cool. Yeah, th- Thank you so much for having us
0: on the Dexter. Pleasure. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I was gonna ask you guys so what switch you guys the socials.
2: Mine is uh, at, at more janda mm-hmm. on all social channels. Instagram is my primary platform. Uh, but you can follow me on at more on Instagram or Michaeljanda.com is my website.
1: Uh, I'm at Tom Ross Media and at Tom Ross dot
0: CO is my website. Okay, cool, cool. So once again, Appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, hopefully I have you guys on a, a, another time. This is, this is a good talk. I like the perspectives. And yeah, the, just thank you for sharing your experiences. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dexter. No problem. Take care. See ya.
1: Take care.